Welcome once again to another episode of Stew Him Productions Presents. JM Solve the World. I'm James. And I am Matt. And tonight's episode, we're going to do Get to Know Your Host. Who are your hosts? Oh, wait, that'd be us, right? Yes. Damn. And to start with, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, my name is James Stewart. Um, I'm 55 years old, which means I'm an old motherfucker. <laughs> but he's not a boomer. I'm, no, I'm not a boomer. I, just after boomers. You're a Gen Xer. I'm a DX motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who used to watch wrestling back in the day. Yes. D-Generation X. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I graduated Baller High School in 1985. Um, I, went, I, I started a Votech class my junior year, and that's what I've been doing for the last almost 40 years. I've been doing auto body work. I uh, worked at several dealerships and stuff like that in the last, well, it'll be 20 years in um, November. I've been at Sharp Motors in Buffalo. I do it all. We're a small independent shop, but I do the framework, the, the sheet metal body work, and all the paint work and everything. But that's pretty boring you think but when (laughs) what was the first car that you did on your own and how old were you the first car i did on my own the first car we ever painted here at our little Converted milk barn was a 69 Impala or something. It was just, just need the paint job. And that was in night. I was like 17. So that was the first one I got paid for. So that was like 1984. So I'm like, Two years away of doing this professionally for 40 years. But then, I think I know what you're trying to get at. Was I, I bought a 74 Mustang II in 1985. And I took it, and my brother Gary, he worked at... Um, um, What's the official name of it? It was Caswell's yeah. uh, Savage Yard. And I I, I gathered up um, the spoilers, the quarter louvers, the hood scoop, the steering wheel, and everything. And basically, I converted that car into a Cobra II. And a lot of people from the Bolivar area may remember that because it had Stu's too on the license plate. It was red with the black cobra stripes, and yeah, that was kind of my identity back just right after high school. I remember that car when we started doing band practice out here, and it wasn't red. 
it was it was like a copper. Well, I I I'd, I'd painted it. I'd painted it red initially, and then I had done a tricoat finish on it, which it had a gold base with a sunset red tint on it. But I'd done it all in lacquer, which lacquer was an old paint back in the day that we used to use. But it faded out, and everything where the sun hit it had that copper look because the gold was showing through the tent. Yeah. The tent was fading away and everything. Yeah. By that time. Cause but I, I thought it, I thought it looked fucking badass. Yeah. Um, you know, and then from there, I know you had a Fox body that, uh, you guys rebuilt the motor on. Right. And you did, uh, was it, Blue with the gold stripes. Yeah, it was the indigo blue, and I put the old Cobra Two style, the '70s model Cobra Two style stripes. All I wrapped it. I mean, all the way from the bottom of the front bumper, all the way around to the bottom of the back bumper. Yeah, and you didn't see that on the Fox bodies at that mm-hmm. time. It was just like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Yeah, you know that stripe, and I thought it looked cool. I, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, it was before everybody like really started doing the Cobra stripes again. Uh, you had some that were doing like, uh, what well, there was a uh, the white GT with the red stripes, but it didn't go. Uh, they didn't wrap around. They were just right. like doing it on the hood, the top, and the deck lids, but they weren't wrapping it all yeah. the way around underneath the bumper and stuff. And then some, and then in the in the what was that early mid nineties they were starting to do like the GT three fifty type stripes down the yeah. bottoms of the doors and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, because I know the Cobra came back uh, for the last year of the Fox body in ninety three, if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, what? Yeah. Because 94, they switched over to 94, and you may or may not know this. I don't know, but a tidbit of useless information, if you will. The 1994 Mustang was the only Mustang produced with horizontal brake lights. I did not know that. Uh, Did you know that the 74 Mustang, which was the first Mustang I had, was Ford, of course, Mustang made a big change because the 73s were huge. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the, the yeah. big, you know, the, the big um, Mach, Mach 1s yep. and shit like that. And they were going to put the Mustang on a Maverick chassis. Mm-hmm. But Lee Iacocca, who was famous for owning or for being the head of Chrysler later on. Right. Had the envision. He's like, no, let's put it on a Pinto chassis. So when the Mustang two came out, everybody hated it. Right. They, they hated it. But then the gas crunch hit in 74. Mm-hmm. And that become the best selling Mustang to date to that date. Over the 64 and a half, the 66, the 65s, whatever. Yeah. That was, that was, you know, and 
and, and, and honestly, it was a cheap ass Mustang. It was a Pinto on a Mustang. Mm-hmm. It had Mustang sheet metal on it. Right. But that was okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> but a little more about if you want to talk about me. Um, yes. After my first divorce, I started hanging out at this little country bar. And the ownership changed hands, and I end up knowing the guy that owned the place. The next thing I know, I'm 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 one of his bouncers. And then I get to running sound and lights for him and everything, which came real handy whenever we formed our band Blindside. Because hmm. I do a little bit about running sound <coughs> and lights. Might not have been perfect at it, but I at least knew the, the ge- genetics of it and done that for, you know, like they said in Roadhouse, I tossed out the trash for about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but that was, you know, that, I mean, that was, I was still working a full time body job, but I've done that on the weekends just for fun. And, yeah. and that's how I met my wife that I'm married to now, which will be 25 years in September. Jesus. Which is freaking crazy. <laughs> wow. Should I talk about the other wife I met there? Nah. Yeah. No, no need to. Hi, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, interesting enough, uh, I met James through his nephew and one of my very closest and dearest friends, Chris. Uh, we went to high school together, and so you know we were cons- in even in the band we were um, we considered ourselves brothers. But by the time the band had started, James had already been my brother-in-law, like truthful brother. And then for three and a half months, <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Um, but. Um, you were just a notch in her belt. Yeah. Or was she a notch in my belt? Who does? <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, how many... Well, yeah, I was three. And yeah. She went to four. Did she go to five? I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. I, I completely forgot. Unless <laughs> she uh, watch the podcast. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? <laughs> I have three. My oldest brother, Herb, who was a career um, Air Force and retired from that. And then he had another career as a teamster. And then my closest brother, which was Chris's dad, he was, um, he worked at uh, Salvage Yard for several years, and then he worked at a uh, garment plant there in Buffalo. And then when it closed down, he uh, they opened another plant where they done military contracts. Yeah. And he built entryways for the, like, Air Force One mm-hmm. and uh, bio chambers and all kinds of stuff like that. But unfortunately we lost him back in 2016 due to cancer. So yeah, that was my siblings, but I was like, and you know, Herb's 19 years older than me. Gary was 15 years older. So, so I'm, I'm an oops. Two, two siblings. 
Yeah, two siblings. You said three. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I was like, yeah, well, is there one that I don't well, know about? Well, well, kind of. Because Chris is more like my was more like my <laughs> brother than my nephew. Yeah. Because we were only what, seven and a half years apart. Something like that. We kind of yeah. grew. We kind of grew up as brothers. So, mm-hmm. shout out to Chris Stewart. I love you, brother. Come see us sometime. Yeah. Put you on the podcast. Exactly. Can you imagine that podcast? Let me, oh, God. It would be great, though, because, I mean, we could... But, but that might be our first Rogan-like podcast. It'd be like over three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we... Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you get into playing guitar? Well... I I got it. Uh, my my grand my grandma gave me a guitar when I was like 10, 11 years old, and I never I just messed around with it. But then whenever Chris got old enough, he kind of got interested, and I bought my first electric guitar. In the eighties, and then he got one, and we just kind of started playing together and everything, and that was and that was kind of the start of it because it, it was kind. Of, I don't want to say it was a competition, but it seemed like if I if I bought this amp, he'd have to get a bigger amp, and it, it just kind of yeah. grew. It just kind of grew from there. <clears throat> and but what was cool about it when when we started the band. Um, we we could just look at each other and it didn't it didn't I, I knew what he was gonna do and he knew what I was gonna do. It it was just a weird chemistry that I've you know it was you know, we we'd like come up with a riff or something like that. It was just I, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just there was just a chemistry there. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was really cool, you know, and that's, you know, when, I mean, we didn't really break up as a band. It just, it just kind of, everybody's lives kind of went different directions and we stopped and that's why I've, I've never really had a, never really wanted to try to play with anybody else because it just, it would have felt weird. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, playing with you here these last couple of years is it's been like it's like phenomenal because it's kind of like that chemistry again that I didn't ever think I could get back. Right, but it's you know relearning our CD, which is <laughs> freaking weird because we wrote that shit, you know, as a group. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I wrote it, you wrote it, Chris wrote. It. I mean, yeah, we we all wrote this shit and. But listening to it again and going, what the fuck did we do here? Okay. Well, and it <laughs> didn't, it doesn't help that the company that mass produced our CD fucked our levels up. So True. we're having to like, yeah. but still, I was like, going, where did this chord progression start? Right. <laughs> you know, or where did this lick start? And right. it, it, it took us a while, but you know, I, I think we got it for the most well part, down, you know, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was a little tricky uh, playing the songs that Chris played lead on. 
Right. Um, well, see, I remember after after you left, and we went as a three piece, mm-hmm. and we played those same songs. I told him, I was like, I'm not going to try to play your lead because that's your lead. I'm going to do something that that kind of fits. Yeah, and everything. I I tried to play something similar, but I didn't. I didn't want to. You know, maybe I should have said, "Well, show me what you played here and copied it and everything." But that was his lead, right? You know, and we're playing it live. <clears throat> you know, the people that showed up, they weren't going to remember that fucking lead. Yeah, when and, they left. And I'm sure you we. Know, I just wanted to play something that sounded cool, and I, I tried to play something similar, but I didn't want mm-hmm. like I didn't want to play his lead, right? And you know, with Chris being a guitar player, uh, picking up the bass and playing my bass lines, I, I guarantee they weren't as simple as you know what I was playing because fuck, I didn't know how to play. I I was like, okay, you guys are playing this. This sounds good. Okay, yeah. or well, he I mean, he probably just played. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for him, but it's I mean, it sounded good what mm-hmm. he was doing. And I think he was just just following the rhythm and everything, but I, I yeah. you know, I don't know exactly, but it but it sounded good, and I mean, he might have added some stuff, but you know, and I'm sure you know him knowing, okay, we're playing this key, so uh, I can do this scale or you know whatever. Right. Uh, okay, so let's run down your gear. My gear. We'll talk about my amp. You can start at your amp <laughs> and go from there. You can start at guitars. You can, you know. Well, we'll, we'll go with my Frankenstein amp. Okay. I've got a 412 PV cabinet mm-hmm. that I picked up in, oh, Jesus Christ, 96, 97 for like 100 bucks. Yeah. My amp is a Bluetooth preamp with two twelve AX seven two processor or two two band or two blah, blah, blah. and then I got a fifty it's what's called a PV fifty fifty power amp. Mm-hmm. It's got the it's all tube. My guitars, I have a, let's see, my first one is a Jackson Fusion Pro. Then I have a Jackson Randy Rhodes V, uh, USAV. Then I have a Fender Talon. And then I have my newest, which is the one you bought me. The Jackson reverse headstock with the uh, tobacco sunburst. Uh, what kind of processing? What kind of oh, the uh, Digitech RP twelve. That's like twenty five fucking years old. <laughs> and is it an actual Dunlop crybaby or is it just a wah? No, it's a Dunlop. It's a Dunlop wah. Okay. Yep. And then I know our wirelesses are. Amazon. <laughs> yep. I can't remember the name, number, no. whatever the fuck they are. No. I used to have a, what was that little belt pack one? Um, Samson. 
Samson, yeah. Yep. You and Chris yep. both played uh, Samson. See, back then, Samson and Navy, or Navy, or however mm-hmm. you want to pronounce it, were the, were the main wireless deals. Yeah, because uh, I had an Audio Technica. Audio Technica, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a, uh, yeah, because it was a different channel than uh, your guys's. Right. And I, I got I got pretty decent uh, distance. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. The Jackal concert. You were going around the front of Guitars and Cadillacs. <laughs> yeah, during uh, sound check. Yeah. Yeah. Not not while we were playing the show. Yeah. I, I wasn't getting off the stage for that. You were you were maybe a half beat off because it was just kind of the distance. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the for the Jackal show, you know, I couldn't go through the house speakers uh so i was going direct out of my amp but then i we were using floor monitors and i had to have your guys's guitars like pumped like really loud because you know at a 15 inch black widow that uh i finally got to turn up past one and a half and Could could you imagine playing back in the day when they didn't mic the amps and you had a wall of marshals on one side and a wall of ampegs on the other side. That that would be fucking awesome. But how would you hear the vocals? <laughs> That's what the little monitor speakers up there like go, turn it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they weren't micing shit, so that stage volume had to reach the back mm-hmm. of the arena. Mm-hmm. That's why Pete Townsend can't hear today. Yeah. That and and drums exploding in his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know, back in the day they used to put uh the amps closer to the edge of the stage too. Speaking speaking of that, I remember uh one of the shows we did at the Southern Star. We opened for Malachi. Okay. Which was Scott Snow, shout out. His band, uh, after Naked Zoo. And he had brought down four, four 12 cabinets. I don't remember what the head I was playing. I think it was a rack thing he had set up over here to play through those four 12 cabinets. And I'm standing in front of this, and you remember how small the stage was at Southern Star? Yeah. It was about as big as this room. If that. A little bit wider, but not much thicker. Yeah. I'm standing in front of those like, fuck yeah. Well, I mean, when we opened up for Naked Zoo. Right. And Gino had his stack. Right. uh, Brian had his eight. 10 right. fucking Ampeg refrigerator. Yep. Um, I think Scott only brought down one stack. I think he did at that time, but the Malachi show, he, yeah. had, he had two full stacks, and I'm yeah. standing in front of that the whole fucking show. <laughs> it's like, no wonder I had this chirping in my left ear. Yeah. No kidding. All right. So, um, I think we, let's see, what else? 
Hmm. I love heavy metal music. I, I, love, I love I love all music. If, if you want, if you want to go delve down into that, except for some that I don't like, I'm not going to mention them by name. But drink of choice. Ooh, I'm I'm a Scotch drinker <clears throat> now. Okay. I like a cold beer after work when I've been sanding and been, I've got that shit all clouded in me. I like a cold beer, but yeah, I go to scotch. What uh, What is the preferred scotch? Well, I drink a, a cheap scotch most of the time because it's cheap. I like doers. Mm-hmm. Some some people like criticize it all that's bullshit and everything, but you know, yeah, but I like the Glen Levitt and the Glen Fetich and the, the higher brands, and those are great. But, eh, give me a Doers or a, just a good cheap scotch, and I'm good. What do you do in your spare time? Uh, well, since man has moved in up here up the road, I don't have that much spare time. <laughs> Uh, I was meaning... Well, because of grandkids, and everything. it seems like I get home and there's something always to do with the farm and whatever. Well, um, I'm mainly getting to your funny hat. My funny hat? Oh! Oh, <laughs> my funny hat, yes. I, I've... I've, I've... <laughs> Back in uh, 2001, I joined the Masonic Lodge in Bolivar, Bolivar Lodge 195. Um, went through my three degrees and everything, and, uh, and then I joined the York Rite, the Valley of Joplin York Rite in October, and then I joined the Boobin Adams Shrine in December of 2001. And yes, I love my Masonic brothers, and it's uh, we have we have a good time, but we are raising money to help children, and that's our main deal. Uh, yeah, I won't. I, I belong to another organization. As part of the shrine, and its main duty was started to uh, um, pr- provide transportation for children to the Mexico City Hospital. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and talk about it. It's, it's, it's called the Order of Quetzalcoatl, or the Q. And with all the bullshit going on in the world, yeah. I hate to say the Q, but it's, it's not, not the Q and on. It's not the Q and on. It's the Order of Quetzalcoatl. And uh, it's 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 a good time. We have a we have a lot of fun, but we're raising money to help kids, and that's that's the main goal. And every Masonic organization has different purposes for raising money. I mean, of course, everybody knows about the Shriners Children for Hospital, yeah, Shriners Hospitals for Children. And uh, yeah, it's that's been a big part of my life for the last twenty years. Nice. Yep. How many grandchildren do you have, old I, man? Well, I have four. 
You're like going what? <laughs> no, I, I I know of two. Yep. Uh, Amanda's uh, two boys, and I'm assuming Marshall, your son. Yep, Marshall has two. Um, yeah. Haven't talked to Marshall for a while. Yeah. And I'm drawing a blank on their names right at the moment. <laughs> well, that's, that's fine. That's, uh, bad. that's bad. Well, but you know, but they're they are uh, they are minors, so oh, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, right. The yeah. uh, I'm I'm proud of Cody. Yeah, he was a knucklehead. Well, he was a knucklehead. Yep, but he's he's getting his shit together, and Aiden. He's a little football stud, and hopefully we can have him on the podcast. I talked about it to him. He's like going, oh, I don't know about that. I'm like, we could talk football, and he goes, well, maybe I can do that. He'll have to take one word out of his vocabulary. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I already told him about that. (laughs) But he could be our first athlete. Oh, there we go. There you go. Um, how many pets? Oh, God damn. <laughs> well, I got the four cats in the house. You got Sully. Well, actually, let's go by age. You got Cosmo. He, he's going to be 18 this year. Wow. That's freaking crazy. Then you got Sully. Then you got Carlos. And then you got Tut. And dog-wise, you got Hercules, and you got Wonky. Unless Amanda's down, then you got all her dogs. But then we got Hugo, who we got in a in a in a package deal when the wife bought some goats. <laughs> <laughs> but Hugo don't live with the goats; he lives in the house now. Yeah. And then outside, I got Tripper and um, Ashes. Who are outside cats. And then the wife's got two guardian dogs to guard her goats. Which, uh, Badger and Titan. They're Pyrene- great Pyrenees. Okay. So, I mean, Hercules is a American Bull Pit Bull cross. Wonky, he's just a tweaker. The tweaker. And then Hugo, we're not sure, but I think he's a bastard for some kind. He's, he's just a big boy. Yeah, he's got beautiful brindle color, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't forget the most annoying and loud pet you have. Oh, Peanut. He's my Senegal parrot. I've had him since 2001. Mm. And he'll probably outlive us. Yeah. We've already, we've already put him in the will for Amanda. nice well um, did I miss anything oh probably I'm sure but we are uh, going to make this a two part series um, because somebody thought that, uh, oh, I, I haven't done anything with my life. Uh, it, you know, it'll I'm just be, a body man. Yeah, I'm just a body man. It, it'll be like 10, 15 minutes, and here we are 30 minutes later. 
But uh, it's like I tell everybody when they like the grandkids when they come up, he's like, "Oh, my car's doing this, my car's doing that." I'm like. I'm a body man. I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> you take that shit somewhere where they can plug it into a computer. Right. <laughs> but until next time, uh, make sure you do like and subscribe. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, there will... Are we going to get email up here sometime soon? Yes. Uh, I will have that... I will probably have that... Um, it'll probably be, like, right... Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it'll be attached on the uh, on this video. There, our email address will be up. Um, I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, but uh, it will be there. I, I us, guarantee it. Send us, send us ideas and stuff because we are, you know, we we just we just here shooting shit. So if you want to hear us talk about something, hear our ideas, or you know. Right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, let us know. Uh, or just ask questions. and Right. You know, we're not freaking famous by no means. I mean, we're not no. Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan or anybody like that doing the podcast. We're just two normal guys. If you guys want to know freaking anything, we don't we don't care. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. Even if we don't want to talk about it, we've shied away from being political, real political or not religious. There, there's some, um, yeah. There's there's the three topics that uh, bartenders will not talk about. Yeah, sex, religion, and politics. And uh, yeah, we talked about sex in our last pod or a podcast or two ago, though. Uh, we talked about sexuality. Well, that's just true. Yes, <laughs> but until next time. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Love you guys. Uh, I've been Matt. I'm James. And you have just watched uh, part one of a two-part series of... J&M Solve the World. But we will see you next time.